today. Surprise, Joe Biden makes a secret visit to Ukraine. James O'Keefe is officially gone from Project Veritas and the January 6th tapes will be released, well, to one entity anyway. We've got all of that and more coming up and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and it has been 17 days since the train derailment and intentional explosion in East Palestine, Ohio, left the residents of the small town completely and utterly devastated. Many still complaining of headaches, burning eyes, pain, skin irritation. Many of their pets dropped dead, wildlife completely obliterated. Well, over the weekend, after telling Ohio Governor Mike DeWine over and over again they didn't deal with chemical spills, spoiler alert, that was a lie, FEMA finally decided to respond to Ohio citizens who are asking, what do we do? The government has told us it's safe to go back in our homes, but then why the physical reactions? They've told us it's safe to drink the water, but why are all the fish dead? And what's with the chemical residue in the water? You say it's safe to drink, you come drink it. I can't live here, but I have nowhere to go. I can't sell my house because who would buy it? Hardworking Americans who find themselves in this situation through absolutely no fault of their own are asking. The federal government is always so anxious to get their hands involved in everything. Where are they now? Where is Joe Biden? Well, our fearless, I'm sorry, did I say fearless? I meant feckless leader Joe Biden did finally take a trip this weekend, but it wasn't to Ohio, no. Biden secretly traveled to Kyiv, Ukraine as a surprise to give Vladimir Zelensky big hugs and handshakes. And he apparently uh, brought a film crew with him to document this momentous occasion. Stunning, brave, and uh, might I add, uh, in addition to bringing a film crew because all the world is but a stage, he's also bringing another half a billion of your taxpayer dollars along with the promise of funding Ukrainian social services, including government pensions. Watch. And to deliver much needed humanitarian assistance as well as food, water, medicine, shelter, and other aid to Ukrainians displaced by Russia's war and provide aid for those seeking refuge in other countries from Ukraine. It's also going to help schools and hospitals open. It's going to allow pensions and social support to be paid to the Ukrainian people so they have something, something in their pocket. It's also going to provide critical resources to address food shortages around the globe. Food, water, shelter, medicine. Hmm, must be nice. A disgraceful, disgusting slap in the face, not just to the people of East Palestine, Ohio, but to homeless veterans living in the streets, to Americans just trying to make ends meet while they deal with bite inflation, to people who can't even find eggs at the grocery store, and if they can, they can't afford them. Our own Social Security retirement system is predicted to become insolvent in 9 to 12 years, which means if you're young or middle-aged, you're giving a significant portion of your hard-earned money every month to a government reserve you may not see a penny from. But don't worry. I'm sure the government employees in Ukraine receiving it will really appreciate your hard work. Now, to be clear, the entire premise that the government has a right to steal nearly half of your hard-earned income and redistribute it the way they see fit is a complete and total sham. But if that's the system we're forced to abide by, you better be damn sure Americans are taken care of before you start funding a proxy war in Ukraine, paying their government's employees' pensions, and pissing our money away to one of the most corrupt foreign governments out there. So. As it turns out, 
Biden just might be the best president Ukraine has ever had. But he continues to prove to us that the Biden administration is and will always be America last. Here to help me break this down are uh, chief researcher of the Glenn Beck program, Jason Buttrell, and uh, Blaze TV host Alex Stein, host, of course, of Primetime with Alex Stein. Um, Jason, I'm going to go to you first because of your uh, military background. Am I, am I being too hard on the Biden administration? Uh, no, I think you can always be a lot more tough on the Biden administration. Mainstream so media you're saying is not it going to. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, go stronger. Right, uh, right. Uh, no, everything you said was uh, was was spot on. Like what a, uh, you know, uh, I just can't imagine what families are thinking on, about right now in East Palestine. I mean, it's absolutely insane. But I mean, this whole Ukraine thing is just absolutely insane to me. Um, you can't make the comments you just said. You can't ask the questions that you just mm -hmm. asked without maybe 50% or I think it's 48% of the country, I think it's the last time I saw, that are so passionate about it, they'd be willing to call you a fascist just for asking these questions. Right. We don't have on the ground, Wall Street Journal just reported this, we don't have on the ground <coughs> inspector generals uh, from the State Department, USA, DOD. They're not on the ground in Ukraine. So really, all this, I mean, $100 billion in military equipment and, uh, uh, you know, financial assistance, $100 billion to this country, and we don't have boots on the ground to say mm -hmm. where all this stuff is going. Mm -hmm. Why not? Mm -hmm. Why haven't they sent, you know, people there? If it's safe enough for the President of the United States to go, right. can't we have our own inspector generals on the ground right. to say right there? I mean, you don't even have to put them in Ukraine. You can put them in Poland, where all the military equipment's going. Just to put this <laughs> in perspective, $100 million dollars in military aid and financial aid. That would put them about number three in the world on military spending. United States, China, and we're, we're way ahead of China, but then right underneath China, boom, uh, Ukraine. I mean, that's how much equipment is going here. And the president walking into Kyiv, I want you to, again, to put this in perspective. If I describe the Vietnam War to you on who was supporting uh, the North Vietnamese, who was supporting the Vietnamese in the South. If I would just, uh, just describe that without naming the country, you, everybody would probably say, oh, you're talking about the Ukraine war. No, I'm talking about Vietnam. It's exactly the same, but imagine our response if Brezhnev, who was the head leader of the Soviet Union at the time, flew into Hanoi in this grand spectacle and walked with the leader of uh, North Vietnam. Imagine that. How would we respond to that? We would go ape. Yeah. over that mm -hmm. not from the uh the flower children hippie people then back in the 60s they'd be like oh no right. no the hands off don't do anything you know, we need to get our people out of there we can't be supporting war those same flower child hippies today are calling you a fascist mm -hmm. for asking those questions mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. insane it is yeah i mean you look at our budget is 1.7 trillion dollars and it's pretty obvious that it's america's goal to get into world war three because listen i don't want to ever sound like i'm a puppet for putin putin kills journalists to speak out against him but for me to say that we're allocating too much money to the war in ukraine does not make me pro putin it's just very obvious that we have serious issues and i think that you nailed it best when you talk about the checks and balances we might give them a hundred billion dollars but less than 20 percent or 30 percent of the artillery that we're even you know sending them even gets used 
in the front line, supposedly. So it's just an unchecked system. It's basically a blank check why Americans are suffering. And this is just obvious, Phil, but Americans should get that support from American leadership before Ukrainians get it from American leadership. Yeah, oh. I saw I just I just saw <laughs> I saw a quote from the Polish prime minister because they're negotiating right now with the Biden administration to send more U.S. troops to fortify NATO lines. I mean, the buildup is happening. World more. War III is inevitable at this point. I hate to admit that, but it's just inevitable. I well, feel like. yeah, and it's weird that no one even talks about the consequences of that. Mm -hmm. In the Cold War, we knew the consequences of that. We, t we could talk mm -hmm. about them, we could ask questions about them, mm -hmm. and it would make us be cautious. But they're not allowed to do that. But the Polish president, was he had these cr insane quotes where he was saying, um, basically, we must defeat Russia. Not the Ukrainians must defeat Russia. Mm -hmm. We must. There is a Cold War happening. I'm, I'm sorry. There's a proxy war happening yes. in Ukraine right now. Yes. It's not. It's, it's, it's us against Russia. Yes. yes. And we're using Ukrainians to fight it with our weapons and with our intelligence. So we're basically, we're, this is not basically, we are doing this. We're saying, hey, that's where that Russian general is. That's where that location is. That's where that location is. Here's a bunch of weapons. Now go kill. Well, that's what we're saying. But we're treating this as, like, it's a proxy war. But with global world war, out in, fully out in the open war rules, like we've, we're not even pretending that, mm -hmm. you know, that any of this is covert or anything. We're bragging about it. It's, it's completely unprecedented. Yeah, even Germany, they're asking for more support in this proxy war, but they get all of their freaking energy from Russia. Mm -hmm. So I just don't understand how countries are literally going to go to war with the same country that they get all of their energy from. It's like, what? Well, I, I also, so then I guess my question would also be this. You know... Who was it? Joe Biden, uh, Barack Obama. It was during the the Obama administration when I think it was Obama who said to someone from Russia, well, d once I get elected in my mm -hmm. second term, like, don't worry, we can work with you a little bit more. Right. So so working. So so being civil to Russia was OK then. Mm -hmm. Right. Was it Trump that broke them with Russia? Is that what it was? I mean, what was it? Because we knew Putin was a bad guy during the Obama administration, and somehow it wasn't just a massive faux pas. It wasn't totally taboo to tell them, we're going to work with you more once we get reelected. So what was it? Because now, as Alex pointed out, you're not allowed to say, uh, hey, I actually think we shouldn't be funding this. I actually shouldn't think, uh, I don't think we should be participating in a proxy war. Oh, and by the way, both, both sides can be bad. Both <laughs> guys are bad. Yeah. Okay, Zelensky is a bad guy too. You think for one second that uh, the government in Ukraine is not corrupt? Hello, have you been paying attention at all? So why, where did we, where did we end up that like now all of a sudden we're willing to launch World War III over Vladimir Putin? It was totally fine to work with him 10, 12 years ago. So George H.W. Bush said three words that freaked everybody out, new world order. You're not supposed to say that out loud. Hmm. Um, Barack, so Barack Obama didn't say that out loud when he came into power, even though I think George W. Bush even agreed to exactly the same as his father did, New World Order. Yeah. Barack Obama called it something else. I don't remember what he called it, but basically it was... Change. The, <laughs> hope and change, yeah. which was this green agenda to unite all the world into completely resetting the global economy, you know, from his roots, more of like a Marxist, you know, socialist line. 
Um, but now you hear it called rules-based order. Actually, that's probably what Barack Obama said, this, this rules-based order. So basically what it is is a collective of Western nations, everyone they can get together. They want, they've been looking for something for the longest time to reset the global economy. I don't want to say the. I don't want to say a couple mm. words together and mm-hmm. get you in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what they're going the for. Big do-over. The, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the big do-over. The big redo. The amazing yeah. do-over. <laughs> um, that, that's what they're pushing towards. But there's one stop. There's a couple of stop gaps to that plan. Russia being a big one. What's mm. their biggest leverage point? Ukraine. That's why ever since 2014, the Obama administration. I say that's why. This is my opinion. Right. As why they've been so interested in Ukraine because they knew that was the ultimate leverage point to try and get Russia mm. on board. Um, China the same way. Taiwan, big leverage point. These are the flashpoints that you're going to see uh, because of this new world order, rules-based system, amazing do-over type stuff. But they've identified the places, the, the, the countries that can put a stop to them. So now, even though this is going to sound sense. funky because Russia is pushing back on it. So I almost, I, it almost sounds like I'm being pro-Russia. No, for anyone, for right. you guys at Media Matters, I'm not pro-Russia. Right? I don't like them. I hate them. But... They're trying to create their own rules-based system, their mm-hmm. own new world order. They're also trying to reset the global way of things, and now you're seeing those clash together. So that's a long-winded response to where I think now yeah. why Russia is such this huge <clears throat> threat that everyone's got to unite together and stop them right there in Ukraine. That makes sense. Well, as, as, to your point, I get an argument with Michael Malice because we were arguing about is America the greatest country? And obviously I think America is the greatest country. I love America, but America <coughs> is leading <coughs> us into the new world order more than any other country in the world. So that's yeah. why I'm kind of like, ah. And yeah. as Jason mentioned, right in our face. Right in our face. As a matter of fact, they're, they're brainwashing people into thinking that that is the socially acceptable way to be, is that we all have this communalistic mindset, like you're saying, basically cultural Marxism. Really, though, uh, at the end of the day, it's like, obviously, communi- you know, communism is going to ruin America, and our, our history shows us that that's the, the last form of government that is actually going to be successful. So uh, it's almost inevitable for the new world order to exist. It has to be in this kind of world economic forum. You will own nothing and be happy mindset. Yeah. And that's what's happening. They're just basically taking away any America. You can't, you can't afford a house in America. You can barely afford your you know, car, fill up your car. You can barely afford insurance. You can't afford you know, health care. There's just so much stuff that you can't afford. And when you're that you know, poor, then the government can easily control you and lead us into this new world order. And, and that also explains why I think you mentioned Trump kind of like screwing with their heads on this. Right. Because, yeah, I mean, he, was, he came in not with that traditional thinking. So we have the bureaucracy, which we call the deep state. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They're interchangeable. Um, who always were pushing towards that system. That's, that's, that's what they've been pursuing yeah. this entire time. Mm. But when Trump came in, he said, whoa, 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 I can do things differently. Right. Russia doesn't have to be an enemy. We can do some deals that are mutually beneficial for both of us. That was not what they wanted to hear. That's not what they've been building for. So what did they do? You saw it for four years. Constant leaks, sabotaging mm-hmm. everything they tried mm-hmm. to do. Trump went to Europe, sat down, I think it was in Germany, and told them all, why are you so you know, dependent on you know, these uh, pipelines from Russia? They're going to own you. Mm-hmm. And they literally laughed at him at yeah. the table. Laughed no. at him. They're not laughing right now. No, no. Um, all right. Oh, and, and by the way, speaking of, of good leaders, uh, you won't find Donald Trump traveling to Ukraine because he's actually traveling to East Palestine, Ohio, uh, to see what he can do on the ground there for American citizens. I'd just like to point that out. Um, all right, we got to take a quick break. First, we want to thank our sponsor, ExpressVPN. So uh, if you're watching Netflix without using ExpressVPN, it's like 
I don't know, going to a casino and only being able to play on the slot machines. You don't want to limit yourself like that. The big money is somewhere else because Netflix, you may not know this, Netflix has thousands of shows uh, that you don't have access to unless you have a VPN because it's based on your location. So the VPN will let you change your online location and you can control where you want Netflix or other streaming websites to think that you're located. It's a hack and it works Okay, I'm just telling you. Also, you don't want all of these big tech companies uh, stealing and harvesting all of your data. That doesn't have to happen, and it won't if you are with ExpressVPN. They've got really, really fast speeds. It doesn't have buffering. Uh, there's no lag time on any of your devices, by the way, on your phone, on your computer, on your smart TV, uh, whatever you need to be protected on, which is anywhere that you're accessing the internet. Stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content and get your money's worth over at expressvpn.com y. Use my link expressvpn.com slash y to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free over at expressvpn.com slash y. Founder and CEO of investigative journalist organization Project Veritas is uh, reportedly leaving the company he founded in 2011. This is James O'Keefe, of course. We have brought you this this saga, this ongoing saga uh, that started when, you know, there were 16 staffers who tried to oust him from the leadership of his own company, claiming, you know, he's difficult to work with. He once took a sandwich from an eight-month pregnant woman. He needs to be fired. And, you know, you go through these, uh, these claims. I-, I know James. James has sat at this table before. And they sounded an awful lot like... Um, People misunderstanding someone who is a very results-driven, very, uh, you know, I would argue just maybe the social skills aren't there, but it doesn't really matter because we all know James. We all know what James' intentions are, and he wants results, and he got results anyway when he was at the helm of Project Veritas, but um, he's gone now. And I want to explain to you how this transpired and what we know because there have been some conflicting reports. Uh, Neil McCabe of OAN, who calls James uh, a friend, broke the story on Twitter. He said that James O'Keefe delivered his resignation in person to his staff at their office in New York. However, shortly after uh, Neil McCabe posted that, Project Veritas's press secretary, and I would, mind, mind you, very, very close confidant, I would say, uh, of James O'Keefe, this is R.C. Maxwell, he stated that that report that he resigned was not accurate and that James was removed from his position as CEO by the Project Veritas board. He said they are in charge now. Now, that was on Twitter, okay? I'd like to, however, just allow James to say it in his own words uh, because later, James O'Keefe just... He just put it all out there, and uh, he told the world he was stripped of all authority as CEO and removed from the board of directors. Watch. Even so, as a former board member told me 10 years ago, Project Veritas will never be stopped from the outside. It will only be because we stopped ourselves, right? I'll get to that too in a minute. Prophetic as it may be, that is exactly where we find ourselves in the situation today. A situation where I have been stripped of my authority as CEO, and removed from the board of directors. I bet you didn't know that. I'll get to that in a minute. Contrary to what public statements may say. Later that same day, that's Thursday, February 2nd, a few days after the 50 million viewed Pfizer videos, I was informed by a different officer of Project Veritas 
that he would go to the board in a few hours from that moment and have an emergency vote to restructure this company. Receiving an agenda in my email while I was sitting on an airplane tarmac with the doors closing, the, the meeting was scheduled for the moment that my plane landed in Nashville. <clears throat> it became clear to me in that moment I would be removed from my position at Project Veritas by the time I landed at my destination. So, our mission continues on. I'm not done. The mission will perhaps take on a new name, and it may be no longer called Veritas, Project Veritas. I'll need a bunch of people around me, and I'll make sure, I'll make sure you know how to find me. So with that, I'm gonna collect my things. I'm gonna load them into my car. And I hope to see some of you soon. Uh, that wasn't it, though. He did come with some receipts, I would <clears throat> like to add, from uh, you know text messages of a particular board member uh, basically promising raises to staffers if they went along with uh, the O'Keefe ousting watch. This is now Friday, February 3rd. A board member reached out to one of our journalists and stated, quote, you get a raise if there is a restructure without James O'Keefe at Project Veritas. I have a copy of the text message, and I'll give it to all of you. I redacted the name of the journalist. The board member deleted the message, but not before our journalist took screenshots. Good job, <laughs> journalist. <laughs> On Sunday, February 5th, now that's... Sunday, two days after the Friday, a board member requested my presence at his home. He informed me, quote, you had nothing to do, James, with this Pfizer story, unquote. Perplexed by this, I took out my iPad and showed him a video of myself confronting the Pfizer executive, which had 11 million views on YouTube. He responded, quote, but that was after the undercover video had already been done. It's hard to imagine what is going through uh, these board members' heads who are in favor of this. And I would just like to, Alex and I, I know for a fact, know uh, at least one of these board members personally. I'm going to avoid using names because I don't know who is behind what. I would like to believe uh, that the person that I know would not make such a horrendous decision. Um, it's unclear at this point, but... <clears throat> James O'Keefe is just going to go on and form another organization and everyone who's worth it will follow him. Like this is, it blows my mind that they literally just want to blow up their entire organization and for what? Because they were sad that like some, you know, undercover journalist didn't get the credit and James O'Keefe got it for them. Like it's his company. He founded it. He runs it. He's the face of it. Get over it. Yeah, the purpose of a board is to make sure your company thrives and can, you know gets better and better and better. And they just assassinated their company right now. And I'm kind of literally. <clears throat> I'm kind of literally. I'm, I'm kind of laughing though. I mean, you know, you just threatened and fired the guy that is going to come at right. you with all guns right. blazing right. figuratively. I, I guarantee you, there's going to be some videos that drop 
You have all of these board members that were involved yep. in some cafe, yep. as we always see these yep. videos, spilling all the beans. It's going to happen. He'll get you. He's coming. Um, God, wouldn't that be so amazing? <laughs> yeah, I don't doubt it at all. But, I mean, you they, they, they just dropped the person that made that company that is that company. He's, I don't care if he calls it Project McDonald's. It's still going right. to be just as effective as Project Veritas was. And it's just all the attention is going to move there. Right. No one is going to trust Project Veritas, the company now, especially after these FISA videos dropped. Mm-hmm. Because everyone's going to be like, even if nothing, even if they weren't pressured, that's what we're all going to be thinking. Right. And, uh, and why was the timing now? Right. Why was the timing right after the Pfizer video was released? That yeah. doesn't make any sense. No, that doesn't make sense. And I'd like the January 6th committee to watch all of this because this is what a real coup looks like. It's not the QAnon <laughs> shaman just going in and decertifying <laughs> an election. This is an actual deep state people going against the founder and removing them because of some sort of esoteric, clandestine, you know, <clears throat> motivation from outside of Project Veritas. I think, I'm guessing, because I don't believe a guy that founded that company that yelled at some people because they have a very high-stake situation, you know, yelling at an employee about a sandwich or about their work ethic. That's normal. Mm-hmm. That's normal here at The Blaze. Mm-hmm. That's normal at any production uh, company. When you're creating content, you have deadlines. Sometimes people get mad, and sometimes there's, uh, you know, a lot of pressure. But that's not an excuse to oust him. So for me, I know it's a huge red flag that there's there's, you know, once again, I'm a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist. There's some sort of conspiracy to get him out, to weaken Project Veritas, because all day long we can say, oh, everybody's going to follow him to, you know, Project James, whatever the new one is. But still, McDonald's. Project <laughs> McDonald's, what he built is getting destroyed. And mm-hmm. that, in essence, makes his job 10 million times harder because he's got to restart and recreate all that from the beginning. And I'm not saying that James can't do it. It just makes his job challenging him and the people that he's going after. Now they can rest a little easier at night knowing that it's going to take a little longer for James to get all ducks in a row for him to be able to expose them in the future. Yeah, and I want to be very clear when I said, you know, James O'Keefe, I I know him. uh, I think he's a tremendous guy. He, um, you will meet no one more dedicated and passionate Mm -hmm. and perhaps maybe obsessed with the cause, right? Which is not a knock on him. That's a good thing. We need more James. He's the only one who had the idea to do this type of guerrilla style journalism. Look at what he has built. And when I say, you know, socially, He's he's just not he's not a warm person, right? When I say the social skills, maybe not there. He admits it in his full speech. He goes on to say uh, something to the effect of like, I, "I'm not going to ask you how your Thanksgiving was, right? I, I, I'm not. I don't know the names of your siblings. Maybe I should work on that a little bit." And I'm kind of like. I don't think you need to. Well, so I don't need a boss to coddle me. I don't need a boss to, to, I don't need the pleasantries. I'm here to do a job and you are paying me to do that job. That's it. Anything else is, it's nice. It's not necessary. Well, I look at it like a football coach. Some football coaches are nice. Some football coaches are right. mean. But at the end, they both want to win. James is more of this hard-nosed right. type of football coach. And That's look at the results that he got. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. So I think with these people, at least at least on the left, they always say, you know, the means justify the ends. I don't really think that is with James. I just think he's a hard-working guy that's dedicated, that's passionate about it. And sometimes somebody with not that might not have the same passion as him might take it as an insult or knock because he wants to get something done or, you know, because he speaks to him in some sort of way. But trust me. That's just because he's passionate mm-hmm. about actually making change. And sometimes you have to crack a few eggs to make an omelet. Yeah, but I don't believe for one second that's the issue here. Yeah, I don't think There's no, no freaking yeah, way. No. Those Pfizer videos were the largest in yeah. how many years of theirs? They mm-hmm. blew up. Right. And for good reason. Yeah. We should still be asking questions about those videos instantly. Mm-hmm. His right. job is at stake. Right, right. So, so who is compromised on the board, right? And, ha- and here's what I want to know. Obviously, it took some coaxing 
you know, the, the 16 staffers or whatever who signed on to this memo that like, James O'Keefe hurt my feelings. You should fire him. So Yeah, they were probably threatened with that things like that text message. Yeah, and it probably wasn't that much, much you coaxing. You want to raise? Right. Yeah, but I'm saying that. If you want to raise, it doesn't take that much coaxing. You want to yeah. make more money? Yeah, I need uh, more money. I mean, uh, everybody needs more money. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I would just still like to see the, um, hey, anyone on the inside at Project Veritas, what I would like to know are the ages of all of these 16 staffers because I would guess that they're all like 25 and younger. They're just a bunch of Gen Zers, a bunch of young people who don't understand work ethic. And they're like very upset that they didn't have more, you know, they didn't, they didn't get more attention. They didn't get the recognition they deserve. They, di they didn't have a say in who James O'Keefe hired. I, I really would love to see the ages on that. That is, the, that is the new journalism thing now, right? Is where the journalist is the star. Right. The journalism, or the journalist is the focus of the story. Right. The yeah. information they're breaking is just, oh yeah, that stuff too, but look at me. Right, right, exactly. Which, I mean, I will just say, like, if you keep put it, giving the spotlight to all of these undercover journalists, like, then we're going to run out of them because everyone's going to see what they yeah. freaking look like and we won't be able to use them anymore. Gee, maybe James was on to something there. Um, all right, we got to take another quick break. We want to thank our sponsor, Keeps. So Jason actually... Every time I'm here. Every time it's Keeps. <laughs> okay, Jason was really dumb, I'm just going to say, because Jason literally grew a full head of hair back with Keeps. And he was like... Wow, I just grew a full head of hair back. You know what I'm going to do? Shave it all off. Well, I mean, th that's that's how bad A keeps is. Yeah. I know that it, at the flick of, of a you know a snap of a finger, I can just grow all that stuff back. Yeah, yeah. Even I mean, it, and and it it's not just amazing. it really is. Yeah. It's not just Jason either. I think it's like 66% of men uh, actually experience a regrowth of their hair when they use keeps. So you know, maybe you just want to keep the hair you have now. That's great. But no, you can also actually grow your hair back. You could be yep. one of those men, like Jason, mm -hmm. who grows your hair back with Keeps. They've got the same, uh, you know, same hair treatments um, that you could, I don't know, go to the doctor, get a prescription for, and then you got to go to the waiting room at the pharmacy and all of that. You could do that, or you could use Keeps, and you're going to do it all in the comfort of your own home. They're going to ship it directly to your door, and it's a generic version, so it's going to save you a ton of money. Uh, you really, really need to check it out if uh, you are one of those men who just, I don't know, you just got a, a bad you were just dealt a bad gene. It's not your fault, but we can help you. Sorry, Jason. Thanks. You were just dealt a bad gene. Yeah. He has other good genes that make up for it. It's not your fault. <laughs> uh, you can get a special offer over at keeps.com slash Y. That is K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Y. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has uh, apparently handed over to... Uh, Tucker Carlson access to over 40,000 hours of surveillance footage from the January 6, 2021 incident on uh, Capitol Hill. Uh, so I guess apparently uh, his producers were at Capitol Hill last week. They started digging through. The, I mean, I can't imagine how long it would take them to go through all of these 41,000 hours. Plus, that's my people. That would be me. It would be you. <laughs> plus, well, so Jason, plus... Your normal responsibilities for the show, I would imagine. You can't drop the ball on the shows as they're going on. Plus, I don't know, maybe eating and sleeping. Uh, that might be nice. And so they said that perhaps excerpts of this footage will begin airing uh, in the coming weeks. Now, I want to get your thoughts on this, gentlemen. And I, Alex, I do realize Tucker Carlson is your biological, biological father. father. So <laughs> I, I understand. So I don't mean to offend you with this. Yeah. But I want to play for you Kevin McCarthy uh, initially 
when he started talking about, you know, being elected speaker. And one of the things he said was that the the tapes need to be made available to the American public. I want to refresh your memory here. Watch. Now, a bunch of Republicans, about 20 of them, last Congress called on Speaker Pelosi at the time to release the, the adjacent Capitol Hill security footage of all things that happened on that day. Is that something that you'd be interested in doing? Um, Congressman Gates said that he said that you would be willing to do that. Is that yeah, I, I think the public should see what has happened on day. I've watched what Nancy Pelosi did where she politicized it. We're for the first time in the history as a speaker not allowing the minority to appoint to a committee, to pick and choose. We watched the politicization of this. I think the American public should actually see all what happened instead of a report that's written for a political basis. And uh, I think the answer. We're looking through that. I want to be very thoughtful about it. But yes, I'm engaged to do that. At one point, he, uh, he teased, I don't know, maybe we'll just drop it all on Twitter, right? And now all of a sudden, it becomes some sort of exclusive mm-hmm. that only Fox, a Fox News host gets a hold of. What happened to allowing the American public to go through it? Yeah. What, what happened to that? I don't think that it's... And trust me, I, again, no disrespect to your biological Please, father, Alex. I, Tucker Carlson is like the best of the best of the best on mainstream media. He is in a league of his own. But something still just feels really gross to me about only allowing access to one particular... The, the biggest host on cable TV news. Like, why can't the little guy view the same footage and, like, not have it selectively edited? Not that he's doing anything intentional, but you can't show 41,000 hours in one t- t- hour time slot. So clearly they're going to have to splice some stuff up. Yeah, but most people don't have a 20-foot theater room like Tucker and I have. So we're going to be able to spend <laughs> lots, thousands of hours watching it together. No, I know. Actually, I, I can see your, your concern. It's like, why not just make this public for everybody to see? And especially with Internet sleuths, those right. are the ones that, that are going to find it. But yeah. too, this is another thing. It's like, uh, once again, I think this is just a distraction. I saw it with my own two eyes, Ashley Babbitt get murdered. And, and I, you know, she was a veteran. We get no justice for that. So I'm sure there's going to be so much stuff where we see on these tapes where we're like, oh, this is not the story that they told us. But I think anybody that's paying attention realizes they're not telling, telling us what really happened because these people would not have been able to even get inside the Capitol if these magnetic locks weren't lifted. So basically, my point is, if we think that we're going to watch these tapes and we're going to find out that it was an inside job, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's just going to be another distraction, whether they give it to freaking Fox News or they give it to The Blaze. Even if we find a smoking gun, that will still not convince everybody that January 6th was not what the mainstream media or the January 6th committee says it was. Complete agreement with you, Sarah, mm-hmm. on this. And yeah, I, I like Tucker Carlson as well. I, I don't trust all of the people at Fox News. Right. At all. Right. And that's why, yep. When's the last the time they called an early re- election? You know, mm-hmm. like these things do mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is why we don't trust government in general and we don't trust the mainstream media because mm-hmm. we just don't know right. what has been negotiated between the two. And clearly there was negotiation. Um, the way these things usually happen, uh, th- I mean, this is one of the most consequential things that happened and their reaction <laughs> to it to influence future elections right. with how they blew it up with the right. committee and all yeah. that stuff. Um, so we, so everyone needs to, 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 to uh, take a look at this. And the way these things usually happen, take a look at things like WikiLeaks, um, mm-hmm. all the releases they did, um, the Panama Papers, things like that. What they do is is they create a searchable database. Yep. Sometimes that takes time. But, hey, I'm willing to wait. Yes. I'm, on yes. this, mm-hmm. I'm willing to wait because of how they blew this up. Right. 
Um, but they, they literally said it was worse than 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. It's the most consequential thing since the Civil War. Right. crying out loud. Right. So there needs to be a searchable database mm-hmm. that everyone has access to. And until that does happen, I'm not going to trust what eventually comes out. I'm just not. Well, this is just me being contrarian. When those tapes show that Ray Epps let everybody in, do we get any justice? Mm. Well, right, but I mean, you know. Well, they should be open. I'm not saying we, I don't, they shouldn't be just in Fox News. I'm just so jaded and blackpilled that it's like, even if we find some sort of evidence that proves that the government let them in, it's like the mainstream media will just say, oh, well, that's wrong, or that guy was a rogue agent, or something like that. They'll come up with some sort of crappy excuse, and everybody will believe it. I mean, okay, but like, I would like for their excuse to not be, oh, well, that's just coming from Fox News. It must have just been selectively edited. Yeah, see, you know what I mean? Like brilliant. they're they're yeah, going yeah. to be able to use that now every single time we get an actual piece of evidence to support the argument that this was you're right. potentially uh, some sort of an inside job. Yeah, and, yeah you're right. And now they get to use that argument every single time. It just pisses me off. Um, all right, uh, should we take a, a, a break? Yeah, let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be right back. Last week, we brought you John Fetterman, Senator John Fetterman, uh, checking into a, it, it was Walter Reed National Military Medical Center, but he checked into like the, the mental health unit, the psychiatric unit, I guess, for what they called depression. Um, and now a senior aide has revealed that John Fetterman um, will actually remain hospitalized for what they say is a length of time. So we don't know, but we, he's just in for a lengthy stay, as they say doctors are trying to find out, uh, you know, what medication is going to work, what dosage is going to work, which one is going to be effective, because um, that's definitely what we need is, uh, you know, a senator who's just undergone a stroke, uh, who has all sorts of weird brain chemistry, you know, issues going on because of the stroke uh, being put on, you know, antipsychotics or SSRIs or something like that. I am, wow. Who could have, I mean, who, who could have thought that this, there would be problems with I, electing him? I, how, would, how would we possibly have, you hear the guy speak for two seconds and you're like, that's the guy. So how could we have possibly known that there might have been problems uh, who could who could have foreseen this? Um, definitely not us. No, for sure. No, <laughs> no. But but you, you you could actually make a very convincing case that the majority of Congress should be on some kind of antipsychotic. Yeah, I mean very very easily make. <laughs> it that should case. all be checked into Walter <laughs> right. Reed. Uh, that should just be a regular thing. <laughs> Wake up, go to Walter Reed, get my meds. Um, yeah, way way to go, uh, Democrats and all of your surrogates to the mainstream media. Way to go for abusing this guy um, that so obviously was not fit to even to you know. You know, run a campaign. He was not fit for it to go through the grueling, you know, standards, you know, of all the stops, make speeches, do all that stuff. Um, you knew this was detrimental to his health. You knew it, and you knew it when he was getting sworn in that this was not going to go well for him. And now he's suffering from it. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to try and take the most human, you know, angle on this possible. You know, this guy, I, I, don't, I, don't, I think just like Joe Biden, I, I don't think he wanted to do it. I think no. his wife wanted him mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he wanted it. She's himself quite happy to do it. lapping up all of the attention. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like all these things are like her photo op, you know what I mean? Right. She's all dolled up and all these yeah. and smiling, and he looks all grumpy, like he's pissed off that he's there. Um, yeah, good job, guys. Way to go. 
Yeah. And, and obviously people have mental health issues, you know, depression is real, but as a politician, it's like, come on, you got to fight. You got to be hard. Sad. I mean, you got, you you're going to be sad yeah. and you're going to be depressed. And so now that he gets to just check himself into a, a rehabilitation stand, it shows you, like you said, he didn't want it. He doesn't want to do this job because if he's doing it for depression. But for me, what I'm hoping, and this is once again, conspiracy theorists, I'm hoping he's actually in there for gender dysphoria. And right <laughs> now he's actually going through gender reassignment surgery. So I hope that he comes back as Joni Fetterman without his wiener. Joni going to be hot. Yeah, Joni's going to be hot. <laughs> do, they, do they do that at Walter Reed? Yo, that yo, a, it's that's a state sponsored. Oh, that yeah. They, they love it. Joe, are you kidding? Our entire military's trans. That's where they all go. Walter Reed is the number one military transitional clinic in the world. Thank you, Walter Reed, for all you do. I'm just hoping that um, they figure out what the what the second head is behind his real behind his They've first head. They've been trying head. to drain it, but it keeps filling back up with fluid. They don't know. <laughs> It's a mystery. It's his friend. You can't yeah, drain that Yeah, you can't drain that <laughs> He needs it. I, I want to switch gears here to uh, Don Lamont, who we covered on the show on Friday. <laughs> you know, he was noticeably absent on Friday morning show after making the comments about Nikki Haley uh, not being in her prime as a woman. Because as he said it, he's like, well, I mean, it's it's like scientific fact that Google it. yeah google it yeah. a woman is only in her primes <laughs> in her 20s 30s and 40s i mean i i wouldn't say that but but just google it it's a known fact and these two women are like i'm sorry prime for what what are you talking about he's gone friday and he's gone today now sources are saying that he oh he don't worry this was a planned holiday he's just on extended holiday um but there are also reports that uh there are ongoing conversations about Don's future. He is a constant distraction. I had actually hoped that 2022 would take him along with Chris Cuomo and Brian Stelter. I actually, I, I predicted it and I very much hoped it to be true and it wasn't. But if it took an extra couple of months to get Don Lamont out of there as well and have none of those good-for-nothing, worthless scumbag men uh, over there at CNN, I would say it's well worth the wait. This is what I don't get about Democrat voters. No, I, I get how you can be fooled once, and you're like, oh, I want to be a part of the party that just loves people and, you know, and wants to help people and right. it's all good for people. And, and even, their tr even the train spokes mouths spokespeople, whatever. <laughs> Even there are people that are trained in this to deliver this message, this type of stuff slips out. You don't care about women. Right. I mean, come on. Right. They right. like just spent like, what, eight plus years talking about how misogyny is bad, mm -hmm. Me Too, mm -hmm. all this stuff, mm -hmm. Believe All Women, mm -hmm. um, if they're in their prime, by yeah. the way. Yeah, um, Google it. They Google it. They don't give a <laughs> crap. Why do, why do their voters keep falling for it? I know, and I, I, just, I just, I would like to be clear. I also believe that there are good-for-nothing scumbag women at CNN. I'm just saying the ones who happened to be fired were the faces, and they all happened to be men. Well, and it's also funny, too, you know, Don Lamont will love to see you go. But it's so funny, too, how he's talking about her prime. Basically, he's insinuating that she can't have a baby anymore. So he's basically defining what a woman is. A woman is a person mm. that can have a baby that has a uterus. So it's just funny, these people, that anybody can be a woman. Well, he knows what a woman is, and Nikki Haley cannot birth anybody anymore, so she's past her prime as a birthing person. So that was offensive to both women and trans women somehow. Yes, of course. Yeah, the whole community. Yeah. Wow. And, and that's the he, only, he needs to be fired. It's that's why. Only, as soon as he only. goes against the trans community, bye-bye, Don. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's the only option. We have to fire him. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be right back. God, that'd be so amazing. Oh, yeah. 
Last week, the Spanish Parliament approved a new animal welfare law that decriminalizes bestiality so long as the creature does not receive an injury that requires veterinary treatment. This is one of your skits, right? Has no, this is not <laughs> one of my skits. <laughs> and, this, and I'm an animal lover, and this is just, it just disgusts me, and I think it was- You love your animals? Oh yeah, not this that much. Way? But there's a guy from the Young Turks, what's his name? Uh, I always forget his name. Cenk Uger? Uh, uh, yeah, Cenk Uger. He basically kind of insinuated that he would like to make love to animals. So maybe this is some sort of liberal mind. You've never heard that video? No. Oh yes, he basically said it shouldn't be a crime. He said something very similar to this, Cenk Uger, I can't his last name said very you need to google it as soon as we're done with this he basically uh. said as long as the animals aren't injured then why is it so bad and listen uh this is the most disgusting thing you should never do anything more than kissing your cat you can kiss your dog anything past that is sex you can kiss your dog what if the first base is okay and mouth closed. Yeah, mouth closed. I'm not man. I'm not French kissing my dog. Well, it's Alex Stein. I, I have to check. I just say we shouldn't be French kissing or banging our pets. Like that's not that much to ask for. To, and to, I mean, Jason, they're literally decriminalizing it. So it was already on the books. Everyone was how clear. How many people are doing this? Is this? Wrong. Yeah, how many people are doing this that they're even voting or doing? Like what? They told us it wasn't a slippery slope. It's this downward. It's this downward spiral of deviancy, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's, I think they just don't know where the, it can't stop now. So they're just gonna like. Any kind of like the craziest deviant behavior, they're just going to green light it as so like I guess animals can consent because as long as they don't get hurt enough to require veterinary treatment, they liked it. People that engage in bestiality are the new civil rights issue now. Yeah. And this is extra close for me because you know, my mom was in a hurry, they couldn't get to the hospital, so I was actually delivered at a veterinarian clinic. So that's why I'm so animalistic. So as a person that was delivered in a vet's office. And just don't hurt the animals. Please love them with kindness. Don't love them too much, guys. Don't have sex with your animals. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever. I feel like this should be clear. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.